Hey, welcome back to the Home Improvement Podcast. We continue our Knotted series and making your marriage tight. This week, we're going to look at week two of Can We Talk? And we're going to look at the most important thing you need to communicate well, and that's to be a good listener. I think it's going to be a great lesson. So let's dive on in for the teaching this week. Thanks for joining us. So part two here on Can We Talk? And we're going to look at Colossians chapter three, and we'll look at verses 12 and 13. And then we'll go back and look at one more verse in Colossians, as you can see it right there. It says this in Colossians chapter three, verses 12 uh, and 13. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That's a lot of understanding in a relationship and obviously in a marriage that's very, very important. Verse number eight says this, but now ye also put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. What is filthy communication? We're going to look at a couple of things that could be uh, entitled as or that could be looked at as filthy communication. We, I put out a question on our Facebook page and I asked about the single most important thing. We're going to look at it today though. The single most important skill to possess in communication is the ability to listen. The ability to listen. You know this as well as I do that most people either don't care at the level in order to really listen to what you're saying, or they don't have the patience, understanding, or concern, whatever, to really care enough to truly listen to what you're saying. Most communication we have with most people is just passing by. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. If you said, oh, I'm doing terrible. Do you got 15 minutes I can talk to you? They'd say, I really don't. Uh, But between spouses, obviously, we need to be a good listener for people. Write this down, number one. In your lessons there, many people are dying for someone just to listen to them. Many people are dying for someone to just listen to them. Um, right now, on, on, um, there's, there's a uh, commercial advertising in the podcast that I keep listening to that, that I wish I could remember the name of the service. Uh, but it's brand new. And basically, what it is is that you pay and you have a counselor on demand. And you can call this person um, and, and schedule with them. And if it's emergent, then you can be like, I really need to talk to you now or whatever. But it's just some person you'll never meet, another side of the country or whatever. And you schedule 15 or 30 minute you know, talking sessions basically. And you just talk out the problems with them. Thank you very much. And you, and you pay them at the end of it or whatever. And maybe they give good advice. I don't know. They, they say that they're all licensed therapists. I don't even know really what that means. But the point is this is that people are just dying for someone to really listen to them with care. Can that person do anything for them? No. Do they know their situation intimately? No. Are they guiding them spiritually? Of course not. But the point is, is that people just want somebody to listen to them. This leads me to the next statement. Guys, we're going to love this statement right here, right? But you should be the best listener that your spouse has. Now, when I say that, I know that right away we're thinking, okay, well, I know that you know, well, my, my wife talks to her girlfriends or whatever else, and there's no way I can compete to that because they can talk for hours, and I, I can't talk for hours. But here's what I've noticed that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on you ladies, okay, but let me just say this if I could. 
sometimes when I hear two people talk to each other, um, it's not really with listening. It's just like this person's waiting for this person to talk and then say, well, yeah, and then put in their shared experience, right? That either tops it or that plays off it or whatever else. So what am I saying? I'm not, it's not really two people that are listening to each other. It's two people that are talking at each other. And there's a big, big, big difference. That's okay a lot of times, especially with your friends. Maybe you just need to get it out there. You just say it and they say, well, yeah, well, this happened to me. Well, this happened with my kid and this happened to my... So that's not actually listening. That's just two people talking to each other. So guys, you can compete with your wife's girlfriends uh, because in a lot of times, uh, two people that are talking to each other really aren't listening to what the other person said at a level that can really help somebody. And this is what I'm going to, we're going to dive in and we're going to look at this because I want to show you exactly what I'm talking about. But proper listening demands dedicated time. Proper listening d demands dedicated time. You heard the old, the phrase that, how do you spell love? You spell love T-I-M-E. And that's true, especially with our, with our kids and with our spouse because the person that we love, if we're willing to listen to them, that is going to take some time to communicate certain things. Look at James chapter 1. And let's look at verse number 19. James, if you know much about James, James is a very, very practical book. And it's all about um, practical living, Christian life, things that we should do. It says this in verse number 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. So it gives you the green light on one thing. It gives you the yellow light on two things, let every man be swift to hear. In other words, I am ready. I am there for it. I am intentional. I'm on purpose listening to what your need is. I'm going to be slow to speak though. I'm going to, because all my communication, all of the things that I should say, I should drop through that filter, right? Pure, godly, all of those things. That would take out a lot of words that we say in a day if we would just drop it first through the Christian filter. And then, and then secondly there, I should be slow to wrath. So as I'm listening, maybe my first response is to get mad or to get defensive. However, the Bible warns me, I shouldn't talk back right away. Think about that. I shouldn't get mad right away. I need to stop and I need to think about that. Those two things right there, obviously, would automatically make us a lot better of a listener because it would demand that we first process our reaction to what we're taking in. I want to give four tips really quickly here on, folk, on four tips to improve your listening. And again, guys, ladies, our desire here is I want to be the best listener that my spouse has in their life. I might not get the most amount of volume. Maybe, maybe she talks to her mom a whole lot more just because of time or scheduling, okay? Or maybe they have more of an opportunity or whatever else. But I am going to be the best listener that my spouse has. Number one, I'm going to give focused attention. Give focused attention. Man, this is so important in listening, isn't it? Give focused attention. Practically, what does that mean? Throw it out there for you. If I'm going to give focused attention, what are some things that I'm going to have to do then? Turn off the TV. That's what I was going to say. You got it. Turn off the TV. And that's, that's a really important one, right? I might not be able to focus so much if I have the TV on. That's a really good one. Anton. Put your phone away. Put your phone away. Okay, that's... Sometimes it's TV on your phone, right? They're put together, but I'll, I'll put my phone down and away, okay? Because this person demands, look at her. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. Put your kids someplace else. Good. 
I'm going to stop you there because you're stealing all of my next points. I mean, you're just taking them all. No, that's good. It's really good. Those are obviously great things, so we know what to do. Anybody else? Philip. Oh, well, I was going to say listen to them and not your own. Listen to their thoughts and not your own thoughts. I like it. Oh, wow. That's really true. So, and this is a good point, so I'll just say it real quick. Uh, A lot of times when two people are talking at each other, when someone's, when it's not your turn to talk, what you're really doing is you're thinking about the next thing to say. Right. So you're just kind of loading the cannon, right? So as soon as their shots are done firing, you're like, boom, boom, boom. You know, now it's my turn, right? To just get it all unloaded. But if I'm listening, though, and I'm actually taking it in, that means I'm not doing anything. Mentally, I'm not doing anything else. So I'm not loading, I'm not loading the musket, right? I'm not getting ready for the next shot, okay? I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm receiving what you're saying, taking it all in, processing it, right? Then I'm going to get my reaction, my response ready to go. But what a lot of times we're doing is just firing back and forth, right? It's just the lowest level of reactionary and probably sinful communication. This is called a fight, right? And when words don't work, then stuff starts flying and whatever else, right? I don't know what's going on in each of your houses. Hopefully no level like that. Uh, But we need to give focused attention, which means listening and actually absorbing what they're saying. So I think a lot of times in marriage, especially with a lot of kids and stuff, it's it's a lot of talking at each other just like get the day done and stuff sure. tasks and everything but i think when uh for me i try and give myself a pep talk when i know it's getting to the point where she wants to tell me something that i need to listen to sometimes even meant to have to tell myself okay listen you know what i mean right and then so instead of just like halfway through or towards the end i'm listening it's right again right if you could wear your body cam this whole week and just take us through like the life of Philip, how he does it. Uh, I, I told Philip when I was starting this, I was like, I'm going to go into this series or whatever else. I need you to like just say a bunch of stuff in class too, right? Okay. If it ever like starts getting bad, just help me out. Uh, but I appreciate their intentionality with, with their uh, marriage. And so that is true because since it's such a focused thing, a lot of times you have to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this because it's an, a- it's an activity. It's not a passive activity. It's an active activity. Listening with understanding. Next right there, you can write down this. Listen with acceptance and understanding. Okay. This means that you can't just discount and swat down what they said right away. It means I'm going to take a second to say, okay, well, let me try to see it from your angle, okay? I always know I'm doing a good point whenever a spouse looks at the other person and be like, see, I told you, it's up there on the lesson, right? So uh, listen with acceptance and understanding, trying to see from their point of view. Thirdly here, ask clarifying questions and make summarizing statements. Now, when you first do this one, it's going to feel so childish because you're going to say, okay, so what you're saying is I am terrible. I never take out the trash. I leave my clothes everywhere and I'm a slob or whatever it is. Okay. And so that summarizing statement will help. But what it shows a person is this, is that you are listening and that you're understanding their point of view. Now, nowhere yet have I got to the fact that you might agree with everything they might say because you might not. And by the way, what they're saying might not be 100% true, but typically what you find is, is that it's some percent true. And so if we can work through things with accepting and understanding, understanding their position, I can get to the spot where truth is, which typically is somewhere in the middle, as we know, okay? And so I want to ask clarifying questions, make some rising statements. This is what I was going to say about if two people that are talking at each other, 
the first part of this, ask clarifying questions, that never happens. Because honestly, I don't, really, I don't really care what you're saying. I'm just ready for the next thing I'm going to say. But if I care about what you're saying, I'm going to say, okay, so let me get this straight. You're saying this and this and this. Or, but, but what do you mean? What's the famous one that's like, that psychologists always say? You're laying on the couch. They ask you to clarify and say, what, is that? what are they going to say to you? How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? There you go. Exactly, right? Um, and, and that's sort of like a joke or whatever else. But what are they trying to do? They're trying to get beyond the level of facts and get into the level of feelings, okay? Which is where we actually abide emotionally. And so if we'll ask a clarifying question, man, all of a sudden our spouse perks up, man, you're listening, right? You want to know, you want to go deeper on that point or whatever else, uh, because I'm not actually talking to you or at you. I'm actually listening and I'm having a conversation with you. So ask a clarifying question and make summarizing statements. And this is a really good one. Whenever things start to get heated, people are raising their voice. Remember this one. Focus on what is being said, not the way it is being said. And man, that is so good, isn't it? I need to focus on what they're actually saying. Now, if you were to, if you were to play back that conversation later on, strip out the strained voice and the blood pressure and the, the, the rise in, in maybe a little bit of irritation or anger, if we were to strip that away, I could get to the baseline of the text. And what the baseline of the text is, is actually the problem. Now, it might be being communicated with frustration, and we should allow our spouse to communicate that with frustration. Sometimes, if I get home and the, the dog has been bad and the kids, the homework is going terrible, all those other things, uh, my wife doesn't greet me with the, the, maybe the best tone or tenure, okay? But I hear what is being said, okay, need help with the homework, all right, I can engage with that because I'm not really concentrated on the way it's being said, okay? And that's just kind of a simple example. If you have kids in school, you know exactly what I'm talking about when you walk in the door and you're at level 10. Um, next here, or sorry, focus on what is, or, um, this goes to the next point as well, how to prepare yourself. Um, I don't know whether this is true or not, but obviously to some extent it's true. This is the way that we say that people say in which we communicate, okay? 7% of the words, the literal meaning of it. 38 is the tone of our voice. And then 55 is the body language or whatever goes along with that. Now, here's the point. Whether these numbers are accurate or inaccurate, the point is this. Is that all three of those are true. The tone, the way we're saying something, how we're saying it, our body language, okay? And then the words that are actually being said. Those all play uh, into account, all right? Um, Yesterday, uh, okay, so yesterday I, uh, there was a, uh, I, I parked somewhere because I needed to take a call, but I was in a residential area. So the, the, I guess there was someone in there or whatever else, so they, they called the police because this guy stood up in front of our house, but you know, so I was on the phone with an attorney, right? So, so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, I guess I was in the wrong neighborhood. I don't know. So all of a sudden, two, uh, two police cars pulled up on me, right? And they got out of whatever else. So... I told the attorney and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, that's when you knew you were in Rio Rancho. I was like, all right, I'm going to have to put you on hold for a second, right? So I was paying attention to three things. The words the officer was saying. I was also paying attention to the body language, right? Like where are the hands, like different things like that. I was very cognizant of where my hands were, all of that stuff, right? I was very respectful of my tone and everything, right? Uh, and so I was very aware of all three of these, right? Uh, because my senses were heightened on this. Now, we need to be careful in the way that we communicate because sometimes what we're trying to say, this goes for 
let's switch over to you actually saying things. What we're trying to say is getting drowned out by our tone or, or we're just all out of control or whatever else. So someone's just going to dismiss it. Maybe a spouse dismisses it. You're just being overreactionary. They're only listening to what you're saying. Uh, because all three of these things play and factor into this. This is why if you're going to have a conversation with a lot of with substance and with meaning, you might want to wait until you calm down a little bit, right? This is why we don't discipline our kids when we're super, super angry, right? Because we don't want to do something that we'll regret later on, right? We're going to take time to cool down and then say something that we should uh, correctly. So let's look at this here, and this will be our last thing we talk about. How to properly express yourself. We're going to switch sides. So this is when you need to communicate, since this is a lesson on communication. A right there. Carefully choose... And I didn't, I didn't spell that one right, but carefully choose your words to express your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires. Carefully choose your words for thoughts, feelings, and desires. Now, as Philip pointed out, some, a lot of this is just getting through, right? And, and not every, I get this, not every hour of the day are you sitting down having deep emotional conversations, okay? You might only have them about once a week. A lot of, a lot of it's just, can you take the kids to school? Can you pick them up? I've got this appointment, dentist next week. It's just communicating facts. And you can survive in a business environment like that. But a marriage is in a lot of trouble whenever the only communication is happening into a house, in a household, is just facts and business communication and not feelings and exchange of emotions, desires, and intentions. So if we're ever moving to that just business level, okay, you need to reel that back. We got to fix that thing. Take charge of that and, and, and pull it back to a more intimate level to where you're uh, having purposeful conversations with desire to express thoughts, feelings, and desires. Here's four tips on expressing yourself. And the first one, obviously, what am I going to say right there? Think. Think. There you go. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. I really like this, and I want to save a little bit of time for it. But go over to Proverbs chapter number 15. I think if you live by this Right here, it will, it will help you to go a long ways, okay? But there's two verses we're going to look at, both of them in Proverbs, the wisdom book here. Proverbs 15, 23 says this. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and then look at this last part, and a, and a word spoken in what? Due season, how good is it? A word spoken in due season, how good is it? And then this is the verse that really jumps us off into our next point, and that's 25 uh, Proverbs 25 and verse number 11. Proverbs 25 verse 11 says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. I've got three things going on there. Mm. A word fitly spoken, that's the time in which it's said, okay, is like apples of gold. That's the substance of what's being said. But then in pitchers of silver, that's how I'm framing that conversation. So here's what I want to, I want you to consider these three things, okay? In order to have good, effective communication in your marriage where you're actually doing good work in your marriage, these three things need to align. I need to have right words at the right time in the right place. Now, and I'll, I'll put that up there for you. Right words, right time, right place. We could go through all of these scenarios, okay? But right words. I really want to talk to my wife about that. I know we, we went to bed last night, upset or whatever else. Went to work today. It's been eating at me. I want to, I want to frame this. I want to talk about it. So I'm going to pick the right words. I've thought about this, right? 
I'm gonna pick the right time, and that's I'm back at home again. Everything's quiet down, right? But I picked the wrong place because we're all sitting at the dinner table, and now all the kids get to hear all of our argument of what happened or whatever. Okay, so that was two out of three. But I need all three to line up, right? So as Angie said, you might want to get the kids somewhere else, uh, but I want the right words at the right time at the right place. Now, in thinking over this, one thing came to my mind because last week we played a game called Clue, right? Okay, and I thought about this because whenever you go to solve it, right? You have to have the right room, the right person, and the right weapon. If I got two out of three, I'm still wrong. If I got one out of three, it's wrong. I got all three got to line up, right? It's got to be Professor Plum in the living room with the candlestick in order for me to win. And it's the same way in marriage, if that helps you at all, if you like to play board games. So it kind of helped me or whatever. With what object? Yeah, no, except for, yeah, except for this is totally the opposite of murder. This oh. is preserving life or whatever. I didn't think about that part, I guess. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, below there. It requires three things. It requires tact. That'd be the right words. Timing. And then the right theater. In other words, I'm going to place it in the right spot. Once those three things align, man, you're in the perfect spot in order to have good quality conversation. Now, Ladies, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a spot where you knew you needed to talk about something and it was the right time and you're in the perfect place to do it, but your husband just won't do it? And so instead, you just sit there in awkward silence, right? Maybe it's like a long drive somewhere. You don't have the kids with you or whatever else. You know you need to talk about something. You know your husband knows that you need to talk about something. You both know that you need to talk about something. It's the right time. It could be the right place, but neither person is talking about anything. How awkward is that silence, right? You're trying to drown it out with Christmas music or anything else or, or pointless conversation or whatever else, uh, but you just won't say it. Guys, I will confess to this, and my wife's not in here, so I have nothing to lose on this, that we know, <laughs> we, we, she doesn't even listen to my podcast. I can't even get her to listen to my own podcast. Uh, we know a lot, a lot more often than we would like to lead on when it's the right time and the right place, right, to start having this conversation. But we just hold out and we just don't do it, right? We just, we just would rather not do it. And that's exactly what we're talking about is don't do that. Be brave enough to have that conversation with apples of gold, right? Word fitly spoken, apples of gold, pictures of silver, framing it with the right words in the right time at the right place to have that conversation. And you can use that this week. How many of you used uh, any of the phrases we've used in class with each other? My wife said something last week. And I said, do you want me? I used Jama's line. I even texted him when I, when I used it. I said, do you want me to feel it or do you want me to fix it? And then she just said, shut up. And so I didn't do either. And so, uh, but she, she hates when I use my own class notes on her. She doesn't really like that. Right? So uh, uh, not everything you are feeling needs to be expressed. Wow. Man, when was the last time? Right? We talked about this. When was the last time that you had the perfect bullet, right? And you were loaded, and then you were just like, nah, and just ejected, and you didn't say it? Yesterday. All right, there you go. That's good. Um, This is really, really, really true. And I want us to practice this today, okay? I want you to purposely practice because then when we get home, it's going to work for our spouse, okay? But throughout the rest of today, instead of just saying something reactionary back, right? Take a second, take one, two, three, just to process it. Say like, I don't know if that's worth saying or not because again, not everything I'm feeling is worth being expressed. Honestly, because a lot of times it passes. Like I might be mad, like for, and this is, let's be honest, let's just talk about cinema real quick, okay? When, When you cuss or when you swear, honestly, something happens, 
you're going to be over it in 10 seconds. So if you'd hold out for 10 seconds, you'd, someone cuts you off, you don't stay mad about it for like 20 minutes. You're not going down the road chasing them with a crowbar. Like you're not that crazy, okay? At least I don't think that you are. Um, you'll let it pass. Yeah, Doug, there you go. You'll let it pass, but because we're so mad for that little space of time, we just say something, right? Or we just do something. Well, that's okay. I mean, you're in your car or whatever else. You know, that's, that's bad. It's even worse, though, when we just say or we just do something or we react or whatever to our spouse. When honestly, we would have been over it in three or four minutes. It would have passed. It's honestly not a big issue, but we let it be a big issue. We said something we can't take back. It's going to stay with that person for days, weeks. How long is it going to stay with a person? A long time. Um, and we talked about this. How many times uh, it takes 10 compliments, right, to erase one negative or one harsh thing we might say to our spouse. And so I keep digging a hole for myself. Man, I can only give out so many compliments in a day, right? And so I want to be careful about saying negative things. Not everything you are feeling needs to be expressed. Ask to make sure you are being understood. Ask to make sure you are being understood. There is nothing wrong with asking someone in a conversation, asking your spouse a conversation, hey, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, do you agree? Does that make sense to you? Whatever else. Don't say in a demeaning way. Um, but ask to make sure you're being understood. And then lastly here, speak in a way that encourages. Speak in a way that encourages. Proverbs chapter number 15. Hey. A couple of you guys got competition for class clown now. I mean, this guy, he's pretty funny. All right, Proverbs chapter number 15. There's three verses there that I want to end on. Uh, and we'll end right on time here. Proverbs 15 says this. Uh, great, great verses. Put them to memory, put them to practice. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Practically, what does this mean? When your spouse is getting frustrated and they raise the level, they raise the level of tone, okay? You should immediately reverse that. So you're going to, you're going to go lower and slower. Now, don't talk to them like they're retarded, okay? Because that takes the tone even higher up, okay? We don't want to do that. Don't put on your little kid voice, okay? Uh, because nobody likes that. But True, but it will be frustrating in most cases, all right? But what I'm saying is this. If someone's getting mad or whatever, okay, then just lower, slow it down. Uh, I remember learning this even before I knew it was practical to marriage. Pastor has taught us this with Vacation Bible School for the last 20 years, that if a kid's getting mad or upset, you just get down their level, look in their eyes, slowly talk to them, and walk it back down. Because I don't want to raise my level of aggression. And they teach this in, in academy training for, uh, for uh, police and for jail and for everything else as well. I don't want to raise the level of confrontation. I want to um, degress or... Yeah. De-escalate. Thank you. I, was, I knew there was a better word for it. I want to de-escalate the tone uh, of that. But a lot of times, honestly, we're just ready to fire back. And so all that does is either someone walks out, 
someone's yelling, someone's swearing at someone, because it'll just, it'll raise it until there's just no other place to go. And look, you live with this person. <laughs> you share the same bed, you share the same house. Where are you gonna go after all this, right? After all this is done, what are you gonna do? You're gonna drive around in your car for a couple hours? I mean, you're gonna sleep on the couch that night? What do you wanna do? Um, we need to learn how to de-escalate um, uh, things instead of taking them up. Verse two, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. That means we're not thinking, we're not putting that through a filter before we just say it. Verse number four, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. If we would be intentional about using words that encourage, not using sarcasm, not using digs, not using pressure points, all those things that you know so well about your spouse. If we'd use rather words that encourage, we would save the tone from ever getting raised in most cases um, because we all want to work on better communication. We want to use right words at the right time, at the right place to have effective communication. Here's the point. I realize that most of life is just getting through it in the daily doses in business. But in order to have a good, godly, intimate, close, and tight marriage, you need to have frequently have times where you're talking on good, spiritual, deep levels with great feeling, understanding, and empathy. And that will take not two people talking at each other or just exchanging information like bartering, but it's taking you listening with intentionality, feeling that person, appreciating that person, and understanding uh, what they're talking about. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook at Home Improvement Couples Class. And if you're ever in the Rio Rancho, New Mexico area, please stop by and visit us at Gospelite Baptist Church.